0: Welcome to Here's What You Do, an advice podcast from an optimist, a pessimist, and a nihilist who managed to start a company together, and even that decision took a few years. I'm Steven.
1: I've been called an optimist, but I prefer passionate. Gross. I'm Ryan. I've been called a pessimist,
0: but I prefer pragmatic. And I'm Shane. I've been called a nihilist, but I prefer existentially grounded. As always, we're going to be answering three questions anonymously submitted by you. Today's topics
1: are awkward encounters with your ex, finding your passion, and dating during
0: a pandemic. I think it's <laughs> worth saying that during this time when everyone is quarantined, yeah. Mm-hmm. We get it that there's a lot of podcasts coming out. To be fair, yeah. We had long planned for a podcast to launch at some point this probably (laughs) kick-started it a little bit this is the most whiny intro ever like (laughs) no but i actually i've seen people who are like oh all these podcasts now everyone's starting a podcast what's the big deal i love podcasts i'll listen to a thousand of them
1: what people are you hanging around then that are that are complaining Uh, that's true
0: twitter man Mm, twitter Mm. is pretty
2: negative monsters you need to distance yourself from twitter social no no
0: no distance. i love twitter i've seen people call twitter a hell website stop following bad people just follow cool people mm. and it's fine mm.
1: even cool people complain a lot on that though
0: yeah i do That's yeah true. the other night uh, when all the celebrity and we'll get to the advice don't worry but the other <laughs> the other day when all the celebrities tweeted that imagine song and everyone got real mad i fired off like a a mean tweet about it at night because i was like this is dumb as hell and then that night as i was going to sleep i was like why am i injecting negativity into the world Mm. i'm gonna tweet when i wake up about how you know i shouldn't have done that and then i woke up and the entire internet was like that video sucks and i was like hell yeah it does dude i actually shane it's so funny that you say that
1: because when i saw you tweet that i actually this this happened maybe once or twice in our relationship i was like you know what i'm a little disappointed in shane I
0: thought, <laughs> wow! Because I was like, I thought it was pretty. Like, I look, it was dumb as hell. First off, <laughs> you know what? Actually, <laughs> actually, but, today I was wondering. I was like, I wonder how Ryan reacted to that Imagine song, like that cheese ball nothingness. I yeah. bet he ate it up. No, see, I when I saw it, I
1: won't lie. I thought this is a uh, definitely not a solution. It's pretty stupid. It's dumb. They think very highly of themselves that they think this is going to solve anything. However, there was no malice behind the act of making that. They did that, I no. think, genuinely to try and bring cheer and light and help people it just was so uh out of touch a lot of times and i'm guilty of this too i will i will react based on the action but i do sometimes try to look at the intention behind the action yes and, absolutely and in that case i think the intention was good it was very good inten- well intentioned but uh and
0: they were all smiling no but
2: you can't blame all of them for being in the video, right? Like, You know what? I do. I, 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 I really I do. I have been wrapped up into things before that I did not want to do, or I did want to do, and, and it just wasn't executed perfectly. So I, I give it a pass. It, it is a little tone deaf, but, you know, they tried and they learned, and I, I think they all learned. I think it's tone deaf, but I don't think it's time to be like, yeah, fuck
1: all these people. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> it's, right. It's like,
0: <laughs> I, Look, I didn't use any foul language. I just you very did. No, sarcastically Shane, you I'm said, I'm talking about it, the bird side at large.
1: The side, bird side, oh, side sure, at large, sure, sure,
0: everyone sure, dumped sure. on them. Honestly, this is a great... Look, we're all coming at this from different angles of approach, a perfect way to illustrate that through the entire building of this company, every single time an issue has arisen, all three mm-hmm. of us seem to have different opinions on it, right?
1: Yeah, and, and we've made it work. You know? It's it's yeah.
0: weird because I hate conflict
2: so much, and I really hate like disagreeing with people, but I found that as much as I try to agree with you guys, I just most of the time can't.
1: Yeah, I'm going to go well, out <laughs> on a limb
2: here. I'm going to go out on a limb here. Oh, yeah? Oh, uh, hey, you can't steal my segment.
1: And, and say that I also am very con- uh, conflict-averse as a human. hmm um, mm-hmm. And that, for the most part, has remained that way for most of my tenure working with Mr. Shane Madey We rarely argue on anything. However, mm-hmm. Stephen, mm-hmm. I will single you out <laughs> here and say that Go you, more ahead. than anybody I've ever met in my entire life, I would say I'm more diametrically opposed to you in in most things that I'm surprised about. Which is why I think we're closest friends because we can be opposed like that and uh, still be, uh, you know, respect
0: each other. And it feels like it's been this way since day one. Any time. Someone disagrees with someone. It's been a very healthy conversation. No one mm-hmm. takes anything personally. There's been times when you guys have had opinions that I've been like, oh, I'm the odd man out on this one, but if mm-hmm. you two feel strongly about it, then I'm, I'm fine to take a back seat there. At the end of the day, we
2: come to a conclusion that's better because we come from different perspectives. That's right. It's all grounded
1: in respect, though, too. That's, that's right. Anyways, that that brings us to the why we started the podcast. We realized that we have these three different viewpoints, as Shane said in the top. And we thought we could maybe take these uh, very, very uh, distinct lenses and put them, aim them at your problems. And maybe we could help you because uh, we managed to do some things together and
0: that's worth something. So maybe, uh, maybe it's a transferable, portable. And do we need to speak at all about, about our classifications here as optimist, pessimist, nihilist? Let's clarify a few things here. Yeah, I will say that.
1: I generally, when I approach a problem, I will assume the worst, or I will look, I will think of what is the worst possible outcome of this problem, and then I'll work from there.
0: It, it's mm. grounded in in contingencies for the worst case scenario. Exactly,
1: because I like being prepared. I'm a very anxious man, and I need to be prepared yes. for any possible negative
2: outcomes. And you know what? I will say, when we were starting this company, your preparedness has actually helped us get through this current time that we're in right now.
1: I would say so. Sure. Yeah. Sure, no thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Thank nobody
2: you. could have anticipated a pandemic on our hands where we could not gather and do physical production, which is our company. <laughs> but due to your ability to foresee the worst-case scenario, we're actually in very good standing with our company in terms of our finances and you know, our future. So, Ryan you did you did some good stuff. You did some good stuff. In but, fact,
0: uh, when we started the company last year, Ryan said there will be a pandemic in March <laughs> that's true. of 2020.
1: Yeah, I uh, I, uh, <laughs> I I open my letters every year when the year starts. I write down predictions and 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 I seal them in an envelope. And he then, is very
0: uh, much Nostradamus. Exactly, uh, he he called this. I don't know why he didn't call the local news outlets and alert them, but. Well, it's because I knew this would lead to me thinking
1: of social distancing and Dungeons and Dragons. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> are you uh, plugging
2: your YouTube show on that's our right. podcast?
1: I, I plugged it, okay. and it's and I would say it's beautifully hosted by Shane Maday. So you know what? It's it's altruistic.
0: I am a beautiful host. Anyways, Stephen, uh, you let me you
1: describe yourself as an optimist, which I would say is definitely true, sometimes to an infuriating level. But there, you, you take the mic.
0: Whoa,
2: whoa! Infuriating? What are you talking about? That's right. Just because I see things on the bright side, I see the possibilities, right? I see the way that life could be. I think it's something that helps motivate me every day. Would
1: you say that sometimes it helps set you up for a possible failure or a disappointment because it's not
2: exactly grounded in reality? I think what it does is that it opens up my creativity. Mm. And if things don't happen exactly how I wanted them, which by the way, they never do. At least I put my best foot forward. I tried my best and I have no regrets in going for it.
0: That's why you have that big no regrets tattoo.
2: Yeah. That's right. It's right on my forehead. You can't see it because it's a podcast, but it's on my forehead. It's no fresh. No
0: regrets. And m- calling me a nihilist is probably a little much, I would argue, right? I think I'm an optimistic <laughs> man. There's <was> no <laughs> argument for Stephen or that. I. We both were just like,
1: nah, man, it's pretty dead on.
0: <laughs> so- I've got a positive mental attitude. I was raised that way. My parents are very upbeat people. I don't know if that's a Midwest thing. Midwest rise up. Midwest rise up, obviously. Mm I just stood Um, up. I think I always hope for the best and count on the best. And uh, I expect the best out of people. I think people are, by and large, good. Mm. I'm the kind of person where if someone cuts me off in traffic, I think... Well, yes, that happened, but how often doesn't that happen? Which means the majority of drivers are very good. So I believe in, in humankind. I believe in the good of the universe. That said, a meteor could hit tomorrow and we could all be wiped out. So in the grand scheme of things, nothing matters.
1: That is true. We are all just specks on the
0: uh, blueprint of life. Yeah. Um, and specks might be even be too much. And I, I really do think like we're here. This is all we've got. This is going to end for all of us at some point very soon uh, in the grand scheme of things, in the cosmic scheme of things. And that's a bummer, but it happens to all of us. So that's okay. And death is inevitable. And let's just try our best to have fun while we're here. If we encounter failures, if we encounter heartbreak or staggering loss, just do your best. It's still all we have. Hmm. So that's that's where I'm... (laughs) coming from
2: you know what's interesting i think i'm on board with your conclusion but the thing that gets you there is very different than mine sure that's probably why we work well together because in the end the end result is yeah all three of us end at the
0: same spot i think so yeah we get there kind of kind of
2: i will say that i
1: think every human has the capacity to be good i just think a lot of them choose not to be
0: well for sure yeah look there's a lot of bad people out there well, let's move on to some uh, advice here. Oh, <laughs> thank goodness die. it's not one of the questions. <laughs> we're each going to pick uh, a question. Uh, yes. We're going to answer three questions per episode, as we said. Uh, why don't we start with me? Very you're good. Yeah, let's start with Shane. That sounds good to me. Oh, it's worth saying, uh, if you want to submit questions for next week's episode, you can submit them to our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash watcher, or... You can submit them to Ryan. What is the email address?
1: pod at gmail.com If you would like to preserve your anonymity, in That's which right, case, right. Uh, also as uh, even for Patreon questions and these email submitted questions, if you would like us to not use your name, name, <laughs> if you would like us to not use your name, please say so, and we will make up a name for you.
0: Let's go to that first question. So this is from um, Marls Blast Pipple is a name that I've come up with. <laughs> um marls asks uh they say hey watcher team figured i'd contribute to the request for questions but i'd rather remain anonymous if that's cool of course it is my question is this i was selected to be a groomsman for one of my best friend's wedding we're really close and have been since childhood however his wife-to-be has picked as one of the members of her bridal party my ex I know his Ooh. wedding is and should be about my friend and his fiance and celebrating their new life together. But having mm. someone like my ex around—it was a really painful, nasty breakup—will make things awkward. When the day comes, how do you think I should handle things in a way that will best respect my friend while also not letting my ex ruin my attitude? Sincerely, Marles. Blast, Pipple. P.S. Good luck with the podcast. Hope it turns out amazing. Oh, thanks, Marles. Thank you. Thanks, Marles. Yeah, how are we going to round robin this? Who wants to take this first?
1: Mm, I think it's your question, Mm. Shane. How would you approach this? Let's start with you
0: first. So I'm one of those weird people who, when it comes to uh, my exes, I have remained uh, good friends with them. They're all wonderful people. In the immediate fallout of something, of course, there's going to be some feelings of bitterness or you know stuff you got to get over. I don't know how old this person is. So that's mm-hmm. that's sort of where where I'm curious because I think yeah, as you get older you you get better at handling these things. If you're in your early twenties, yeah, it's probably gonna be a dumpster fire. That's mm-hmm. that's the time when things are messy. Everything's messy then. If I were this person and I were being responsible, I would try and reach out to that person, put whatever feelings you have aside reach out to your ex and say, look, I know that we're a mess. I know we're a disaster. We are two monsters and that we ended terribly. Sure. But this isn't about us. We need to check our shit Mm. and and give these people the best wedding they can possibly have. That's the responsible thing Mm. to do. What's the irresponsible thing to do? The irresponsible thing to do is not address it at all. Go to this Mm. thing, risk it, Try not to acknowledge the X, but it sounds like if things were really painful and nasty, I don't know i don't I'm trying to remember like the absolute worst <laughs> fallout I've had from any relationship, and fr- yeah. frankly, all I, I there were several public occasions that I just skipped out on because I was like, I don't want to deal with this. Have you ever had a nasty
1: breakup though? I think you said you hadn't, right?
0: yeah I, I have
1: I have ooh. Spicy. Well, I don't want to get too much into your, your closet here and pick at
0: those little skeletons, but I'm, I might ask you to throw a bone out here. What do you mean by nasty? I mean, what nasty for me is just like ceasing all communication. It was like, all right, we've agreed this is over. That's it. That, and that's <laughs> as nasty as it <laughs> That's, that's, that's not as nasty as it got no, That's <laughs> not nasty.
2: Na- Shane, this is why I feel like you are actually the worst person to answer this question because I can't imagine you having a nasty encounter with anybody. Yeah, well no the,
0: the, that like I said, the extent of nastiness was just like, all right, we refuse to acknowledge that we are human beings anymore uh that's the end for a while mm. you know like that's mm. to me, and that's that's a sort of gutting i i mean it's pro- it's clean, certainly, yes, but to not go over stuff is' it's,
2: it's fairly rough a- actually i I retract my statement, actually, you may be the best person to answer this because you haven't had a nasty experience. you are the person who is able to avoid those. So,
0: But that could mean also things are left unsaid sometimes. I love leaving things left unsaid. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. Mm-hmm. It's just like, what, what are we going to have? Like a little, uh, a little round table here and bring little PowerPoints? No, <laughs> just you, you, you drop everything that had to do with that life and you move on. I just to get some clarity,
2: real quick, Shane. So what? Yeah, you said they're responsible. They're irresponsible. What what would you do? I would take
0: the respon. I would take the responsible route. Here's the thing: this person in this letter, this letter, this email is saying that (laughs) I know his wedding is and should be about my friend and his fiance. Mm. They're saying it. That's the answer right there. It's in the text. But having someone like my ex around will make things awkward. Then don't make it awkward. Be be a, a stand up human being. Go Mm -hmm. to that thing. If you have to communicate with your ex, do it. But you can make it through this. People, it's weird when you're going through something like this because it feels like the, I don't know, it's very easy to feel like your relationship problems are like the ultimate problem in the world. Obviously not right now. yeah. (laughs) Because there's some bigger problems out there. But you're so wrapped up in it that it really does feel like this monumental thing that to everyone else is like, probably annoying. It's this mm-hmm. weird thing they're like, "Wow, I wish those two would really get this together. Figure yeah. their shit out." So, yeah, yeah just just check, check it. Put it put it to the side for one night.
2: I have been through some nasty, sticky situations in the past. Well, you are well, known
0: to be a nasty guy. You sticky know Steven, man. Me. Sticky
2: Steven. Sticky, sticky, Steve. sticky. <laughs> Nobody has ever called me that. But there were times one of the worst things I ever did was I um, peed on my friend's clothing because I was pissed. Uh, done stuff like oh, no, that. No, 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 We're backing that up. Wait, what? What you are you did... talking about? What That's do you a mean? joke, what do you right? Mean... You peed. You no. urinated on your, your
1: friend's clothing. We were in college. Is this what this podcast is going to be? <laughs> wait a second. What the? Okay, wait. You. What are you talking about? I am... Follow up question immediately: Was he wearing the clothing while he you did this? Did you okay? That's not as bad, but still bad.
2: I was upset. This is demented. I don't even know why I was upset. It was that long ago. We were in college, and people would come over and use our laundry machine because we had an in-unit machine. (laughs) Uh They were using our laundry, and I thought, you know, they deserve this. I'm going to take their clothing, bring it outside where it was snowing and freezing in Ohio in the winter. Pee on it. <laughs> I can't even say it with a straight face. I peed on it, and then it froze.
0: <laughs> this is demented. <laughs> I can't <This> wait. Is... <laughs> I would never do this to someone. If What?
1: If, if somebody said, okay, <laughs> if this was like in like a true or false thing, like, like fact or fiction, Stephen Lim once peed on his friend's clothing in a fit of rage, mm-hmm. I would bet all of my money on false. Uh-huh. <laughs> So, what is the optimistic angle from you peeing on this guy's clothes? Look,
2: I I learned from my mistakes. That was that was clearly no matter not, nothing could have happened to me that where that was okay. And I think for I, a while I I was in denial and I was like, they deserved it. They deserved mm-hmm. it. They deserved it. I and bet that
0: I, meant a lot to that person. Did you tell him like, hey man, I want you to know, I learned from my mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they listen to this podcast. Actually, I think it was a few people. Uh, it wasn't just one person. Wait, what do so. you mean it was a few people? Like, it, <laughs> wait a second, it was, you did it to a few people, or it was several it was people's laundry? At
2: one person, but the, the laundry had a few people's laundry in it. So, so you not remember the details.
0: You didn't. You
1: were so angry, you didn't even bother <laughs> to grab the specific item. You grabbed a handful of laundry, and you were like, "This whole laundry is about to get super soaked right now." There's no, there's no rhyme or reason yeah. to it. Wait, the way you're talking about it also makes me think. The people whose
2: clothes these belong to, did they mm-hmm. not know this was you? They knew. They knew. They knew. Oh, look! Oh, they I, knew. Th- this is not about me. This is about MB Marls, you know. And I, I gotta say, people. this is Marls. I got I've been through some nasty stuff. So, just letting <laughs> you know, I've been through some stuff where some conflicts that were disgusting. Where it was, was this my an ex?
0: Some, some conflicts that were. <laughs> Stephen, was this
2: an ex? <laughs> it was not an ex. Although, there is another laundry incident. We can't get into my life right now. It wasn't an extra I'm just keeping my laundry away piece. from you. Look, it was a very close friend where we did not talk for a while. And I yeah, think I'd in this say situation,
0: so. I would never if... speak to you again. I'd call the police.
2: Shane, I will not be peeing on your clothing. I learned my lesson. Okay, hey, and what do you need? Hey, <laughs> what thanks. do you need? I will say
1: I have always threatened my roommate that I would take a poop in one of his shoes. <laughs> just because, not for like anything in particular. I just thought it would be funny. I would it's never funny. do that, of course. Funny. But- because like, imagine he puts a shoe on, he steps in, and it's like, What's the... my shoe's warm.
0: <laughs> Are you timing it so that you know when he's going to put his shoes on so you're going to do it right before that so it's warm? Or would it be worse mm. to have a cold one in there?
1: I think it's more think funny that. if it's a warm one, spe- particularly for the texture of it being squishy because then there'd be some sock soakage. But my my point was that if I said it enough, he would get so numb to it that he would like eventually, I would never do it, but if I did do it one day, he might not be even angry. He might just go, oh, he actually did it. I can't believe that son of a gun did it.
2: <laughs> yeah, he'd
0: respect it.
2: Don't do it, Ryan. Just just as somebody who's been through this before. No, I was never going to do it. The point
0: was it was a joke. <laughs> so, Stephen, your overall advice is to what? Piss on what? No. The, I, I'm, what? I'm just, I'm, I haven't even gotten
2: there. You haven't let me get... So let me get there. Here's what okay. you do. Okay. Right. You don't acknowledge it. You focus all of your efforts on your friend who is getting married, and you're going to run into this person many times throughout the day. You be friendly, but you're not friends. Be friendly, mm-hmm. not friends, and don't bring it up. Don't mention anything. Just let it, let it, let it sit in the air, and focus on your friend.
1: I mostly agree with Stephen, um, which is weird, but it's true. I don't know if I necessarily agree with the idea that it's irresponsible to uh, not address the ex before the day and that's i i I feel like that is the adult way to go about it i agree with you that it would be the adult thing to do and while i've never Mm -hmm. had a nasty breakup all my breakups have been very amicable however i'm of the mind that when you break up with someone it is very very hard for them to truly be friends after uh because you experienced love and something that was very very close and to have that ripped away I don't know how you could revisit that every time you uh, see them. That, for me, is tough. That's my personal take on that. Uh, but I will say that none of my breakups have been nasty, uh, but I have seen some that have been nasty, and I would say that it's fair to, to, think, to think that while it may be the adult thing to do to talk to them before the wedding, you can't always assume the other person is going to be adult. Uh, mm-hmm. In fact, if you talk to them before, if it was particularly a volatile person— That could rile them up even more and make the encounter even worse. So what you have to do, I would say, is focus all of your energy on what you can control, your side of the street, keep that clean, and show up, be respectful, focus all of your energy on your friend and his day, and should you run into them, uh, you know, keep it kosher, or not keep it kosher, keep it... uh. Uh, nice and uh, docile and, you know, hope that uh, they have the same feelings. They recognize that this day is about their friend and it should be okay. But I think talking to them before makes it into this big event, like a fight that's about to happen or like you, it makes it seem that you inherently thought they were going to be spiteful towards you at the wedding, which may not have even been true. now you made it into something bigger than it has to be. So like Shane said also, it does seem like your relationship problems are the center of the universe when they're happening to you and i I've been there um so you just have to hope that if you put your focus on the wedding, it's just one night uh that you mm-hmm. you know you'll be on your best behavior and they'll be on their best behavior and don't make it bigger than it has to be
2: yeah I, i'm all I'm all a fan of communication, but sometimes it's better when things are left unsaid and, and and it's because there's nothing else to say there's like it was a nasty breakup. And you both have one job, which is to make sure your friends have a good wedding. So
0: just oh, do that. in that case, though. So that's per. If there's nothing left to say, go to the wedding. Ignore them the entire time. If they approach you, just look them dead in the eyes with a vacant expression and say, "I have nothing left to say to you." Yeah, Can we I all agree on that. I don't know about that.
2: Huh? I uh, would I say know, that. I don't like that at all. No. I think
0: you don't have to go out of <laughs> your way to interact with them. But
1: should you, uh, you know, ha- uh, be placed near them, you you could be. Uh, you know, diplomatic,
2: maybe is right. the word I'm looking I, for. I, I I will say, what if they, What if they do come up to you and they say, "You ruined my life, and I will ruin yours."
0: Literally, well, you at that I'm point, s- you say, "Today is not about you." I was it's just about to say, about "Us."
1: I'm sorry you feel that way, but today is about uh, uh, my friend Steve, whoever's getting married. I don't know. And if what he- if they
2: burst out crying right there? As the bride is walking down. Walk away. Walk away. Walk away. away. Okay. Okay. Call the police. I I can't even imagine what you would say
1: to somebody before that that wedding. Like, if you called them up on the phone and be like, look, just wanted to let you know, obviously, we don't like each other, but I'm just trying to tell you, it'd be in the best interest of both of us
0: if you just didn't act up. No, no, no. I (laughs) here Here's how I see that going. And, of course, this depends on your history. If you had a history of, like, having yelling matches at each other mm-hmm. maybe a painful nasty deep- breakup well i would just say look i know we've got some unresolved issues we left it in a bad spot and you know there's probably a lot left unsaid between us we both have to go to this wedding we don't want to make this a bad day for our two friends our mutual friends let's both just agree that you know we'll we'll be cordial during this easy 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 mm-hmm. But that's assuming they're gonna have the same diplomatic yeah. mindset that you have well okay but in that case then you get the groom and his fiance you know what Shane, how about board. this you say look, you, you, look, you, oh, you shut up right shut up shut up You shut you get up. You groom. Call. no you shut up <laughs> you shut you shut up you get the you get the groom and the fiance and say look I know uh um uh Crumbling is like a you know a real crazy one and we've had a bad breakup but uh What if uh, I'm gonna call her right now? I want you guys to be in the room for this and just establish that nothing's gonna go down at your wedding. No, that is the worst advice here. I'm sorry. You have the worst possible advice. You
2: do not stress the bride and groom out with more of your own drama. Stress them out the day before their wedding. (laughs)
0: What's what's one tiny drop in the bucket,
2: Shane?
1: That's like that's like a felon coming up to you, like a person who's nah. convicted of stealing cars, and coming up to you during a party and going, "Look, you can invite me to your party. I swear, I'm not going to steal your car. You have my word."
2: I was very make reassured you feel, by that. That's going to make if you feel you're better going about to talk. If you're going to talk to this person, do not involve the bride and groom. They I agree. have their they have a million things to worry about. Don't involve them. And I, if you talk to them. I think now I'm hearing you talk. I understand where you're coming from, Shane, but you just have to have a measure of how much tension is there between you and this person. If it's a tension that's going to explode at the wedding, then you should talk about it. But if it's something I can manage through this one day event, then don't say anything and just focus. Because what's going to happen? You're... If you went through a nasty breakup, you're you're probably triggering each other when you talk to each other. To be honest, exactly. Yeah, and-
1: you're not going to solve anything in that phone conversation before the wedding. Like Shane, you could even call me right now. You could pretend to be Shane, and I'll be the person that's you've okay. broken up. Okay. All right.
0: With. All right. Here I go. Bring, 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 bring. Hello. Bring. Hi. Do you remember me? It's Marls. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course I remember you.
1: We um just broke up, so yeah. Why would I forget that? What do you What do you want? How long ago did we
0: break up? This is, I'm not uh, trying to be ago, callous here. Just, a day ago, yeah. A oh. day ago. <laughs> so, you know how um, Chester and uh, Garmenica are getting married, and we're both going to this thing. You're, you're aware of that? I'm going to this as well? Yeah, that's how invites worked. I RSVP'd. Okay. Well, I don't need the attitude, obviously. Um, okay. So, I I I know we're both going to this thing. I, I Excuse want, me. Did you just, you just say, I don't who's, need the hello? attitude shit. Who's that? <laughs> who's, excuse, who's there with you?
1: You have your goddamn roommates on the phone. You have Steve on the phone. You know he pissed on his roommate's clothing
0: in the past. <laughs> Do you really think I want to hear the voice Look, of that He's a piercing? dirty guy. He's a dirty guy. I'm sorry he pissed on your clothes. Get off the phone. You know what? This is anyway, the solution. You both on a common en- enemy. Steve, shut okay, up. I'm, I'm, I'm now, off the phone. I'm off the phone. Bring Okay. Okay. So, look, I know we're both going to this thing and I know that we've had our issues in the past. Those mm-hmm. are neither here nor there. Can we both agree to just be civil during this? I I look, I know that I've done my fair share of of crappy things and I'm not making any judgments here. I just know that we've worked through some stuff and we could probably still work through plenty. Let's just agree that this day is not about us. It's about them. Can we go to this and just just be to civil people
1: well here's what I say I, I really appreciate you calling me and saying that yes and, and telling me uh, how to live my life and patronizing me about a day that I already knew wasn't about me but I'd, I'd like to thank you Marles, for your life advice that I didn't need um, and you know this just kind of goes back to all of our issues about you thinking you know what's best for me and uh, you know not thinking I know how to handle myself as an adult so I'll tell you what next time you think you know what's best for me Why don't you do me a favor and write that on a piece of paper and shove it up your ass? Thanks.
0: See you at the wedding. Uh, Oh, great. Okay. So you know that you said you uh, already knew that we should be civil. So we're good. I've hung up. Oh, okay. Well, it seems like I did what I should have done. (laughs) I'm right. (laughs) I say to an empty room. Good convo. <laughs> Good convo. I mean, you chose. I mean, you know, you chose to be nasty there. You 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 were being deliberately nasty.
1: No, I think when I got into the mind of this poor this poor girl, yeah, it seemed like you were being very patronizing by uh, lecturing me on what we should do.
0: I wasn't lecturing. That's what it felt. I it like. was not lecturing. Sort it felt like to um, me when I was her. All right. So I feel like we've settled that. Yeah, I don't we, know what to do in that situation. Good luck, Marls. I don't know, man. I think the last thing, here's one thing I'll say. Like, I think we did give
1: a decent amount of options for you there, uh, with leaning towards maybe just go into it being diplomatic and hope she'll do the same. Um, I actually don't know the gender of Marles, so hope they'll do the same. One thing is for sure, it will be awkward. And sometimes in life, things are going to be awkward, and you just got to be okay with that. It's okay for things to be awkward for a little bit because like you'd mentioned in your prompt, the day is about your friend's wedding and it's not about you feeling awkward. So that's just something you're gonna have to push through. And that just happens in life sometimes. I think that's just part of the old, uh, I guess this weird adult thing we're doing right now. So, yeah. So that's what you should do. All right, good cue. But before we get into my question, let's have a quick note from our sponsor. All right, we're back. Um. Really cool product that they were plugging there, or that they being me, uh, I was just (laughs) plugging. I obviously know what product I was plugging, and it's a great one, I use it every day.
2: The ad's over, Ryan.
1: The ad's never over.
2: Uh, All right, let's move on to
1: my question here. This is another anonymous one. Um, I believe these are all actually anonymous, this first one. Uh, Anyways, I'm gonna make up a name for, uh, I need a a girl name, let's see. Uh,
0: Persephone
1: Peaches McNasty. Peaches McNasty. (laughs) okay peaches mcpherson how about that
0: oh i like that mcpherson
1: much better all right peaches mcpherson says i'm almost 26 years old and i've been working for my state's government for about three years now it's a fine job doing important work for the people of the state and i really like the people i work with but it's not what i want to do with my life problem is i don't know what the hell i want to do with my life what steps can I start to take to figure out what career path is right for me, especially three years out of college? This is a this is the age-old question that usually attacks people at this point in their life. It's the quarter-life crisis, which actually is a very real thing, uh, I think. Hey, John Mayer, he's a sage, you know? <laughs> Didn't he I, have a I,
0: song called Quarter... He
1: was like, quarter-life crisis. I don't know how much of a quarter-life crisis John Mayer could have, but I do know that a lot of people, whether it's in a relationship or the career that they've chosen out of college... Usually about two, three years after, we'll start to wonder if they made the right decision about said career or relationship. And they'll Mm -hmm. either continue on and double down or they'll break up or quit. Um, So what you're going through is pretty common. I went to school for cinematography and directing and just something didn't really feel right. Uh, I didn't feel very fulfilled. I knew that there might be a chance that I might be fulfilled in the future, but it was going to take a lot of work, and I realized that my lack of passion to do that work, to get to that spot, was a clue to me that I, didn't, I wasn't on the right path. So as hard as it is, I just switched. I switched directions, uh, and then I interned at BuzzFeed. So I think you really just got to play out the scenario in your head of if you stay at this job, what do your next four or five years look like? Can you imagine yourself being happy doing the work that those four or five years would entail? And could you imagine yourself being happy at the end of that four or five years getting to where you're working towards? And if the answer is no, overwhelmingly to all those things, as tough as it is, I think you need to quit. Quit and then just figure quit, it out? No job? Is, I guess that's part one of the question. Then part two is, then this is a tougher thing um, about like figuring out what you're passionate about. And that really only comes through experimentation. You might have to go back to some of the things that you thought about in high school, things that you enjoyed, things that bring you joy and and, uh, make you happy, and use that as a starting place and look into the various career paths of those and once again, look at the future. Like, okay, I enjoyed doing this thing. Here's how I would get to that thing. Do I feel compelled to do that work? Does that work not look daunting and like something that I would actually be able to do and enjoy? then maybe give that a crack. But that part is definitely the harder part because a lot of people struggle with finding their passion. I feel like the three of us got very lucky in that we we knew we wanted to be in this field, which is a gift. A lot of people are confused. So like I, I guess I can't offer too much advice in terms of how we leapt, le- how we arrived at that feeling. But it, it really will come through experimentation. The, the quarter-life crisis is very much a metamorphosis into you changing into who you're going to be.
2: So that's going to be tough. I uh I feel like my answer is pretty much the same or very similar. Yeah, well, Stephen, I think to to lead into
1: Stephen here, I I think you're particularly suited for this question because you were an engineer before you became a performer slash YouTuber. So he I'm was driving. He was
0: driving th- trains. It's not yeah. what
2: I was doing. I was making Tide Pods. Not oh
0: sponsored. yes. Mm, delicious. <laughs> Yummy. Food content, baby. When you were no, making those, did you ever think like, oh, people are going to be eating these in a few years? Well, people were eating them like in the very beginning. Wait, oh, really?
2: really? I did not yeah, know that. It was It was like the first few months they had already had problems with babies going for them and thinking they were gummies. So
0: it just Were the you the one who made the call? Were you like, we need to make these look really appetizing for babies? I, unfortunately
2: came after the design process, but I think it's the greatest part of Tide Pods. It's what's made them successful is their gummy-like flavors. Um, (laughs) You know, the way I see it is you spend about a third of your life sleeping, a third of your life working, and a third of your life not working. So for me, that's half of my waking hours are spent at work. If that's the case, I want to make sure that the thing I do at least um, fulfills what I value. And that's kind of where it goes back to: is what do you value? Do you value having, uh, doing something that you love, which is what I value? Do you value making a lot of money? Do you value, uh, you know, mm. helping people or working for the government like you are, which is you know, which is really good work. For me, I think I, I just couldn't. Uh, so my problem with Tide Pods was I I went to work, and I realized that I would not want to be working on soap in 20 years. Just the idea of that was was uh, a little bit daunting to me. And so I spent the next year after that doing what Ryan said, which was I started experimenting with different hobbies. And the one hobby that I, that I just fell in love with was when I started to make videos. And like from the very beginning, from when I would pick up the pen to write ideas, to when I was uh, putting the camera on and filming, to when I was editing, I just felt this immense joy and love and passion that I, I couldn't stop doing it and that's what was the the impetus for me to just leave my job and try doing this full time um I don't actually think everybody should do that I think if you are determined and you you know want to try it go for it but
0: it really goes back to what do you value and you know it's different for everybody I've had a lot of jobs I've worked like 10 or 15 jobs in my life my core belief is that I, I think everyone should find a way to enjoy what they do. And even if your job is not glamorous or thrilling, I think the best thing you can possibly do is find, try to figure out what you love about it. And obviously that's not true f- for every job. Some people work jobs that they hate, but I, I've worked some jobs where I, you know, I was hauling trash bags uh, <laughs> and and doing a lot of grunt work, some like very exhaustive, Uh, you know, kind of uh, you know, food service jobs and stuff, and I still would find things to enjoy, whether it was like the people I was working with, or just the satisfaction of like, I made that day's, or, or, you know, I made that person's day better by just, you know, being friendly to them when they came into our local uh, beanery here. Yes, I I worked at a coffee shop. I knew how to pull those levers, and uh, no big deal. Um, (laughs) But uh, at the same time that can lead to like a weird sense of complacency because like I I was very comfortable in a job I had in Illinois It was not the most fulfilling thing in the world and it like i I actively had to sort of rewire my brain to get to the point where I was like eh, I guess I probably don't want to be doing this forever before I moved out to California it was about a year before I plan to move out here and it was before buzzfeed even was in my mind because it was not an option on the table i was just going to move out here and try to hack it as an editor or something but that entire year before i moved out here i got i was working a job at a public access place and then i got a second job at starbucks and i was working like i want to say like 60 hours a week and just going home at the end of the day and and I would have, like, no energy in me. I would watch, like, two episodes of Cheers and go to bed because I had to be up at 6 a.m. Oh, uh, or 4 a.m. And I did that for, like, six months. And it, was, it it ate into my weekends. It ate into my social life entirely. Uh, it, was, it was a lot. And the entire time I was doing it, I was like, well, this is because, I don't know, because maybe I want to do something else. Maybe I want to move and... It'll all be worth it in the end. Obviously, it was worth it in the end because I moved out to California and I met you guys. I think I think my point is that the job that I have now is incredible, and I do feel very grateful to have it. But I get the same amount of satisfaction from this job as I do a lot of other jobs. I think at the end of the day, it still all levels out. You just have to figure out like what you're going to get out of it. That's me personally. I also think... Do stuff in your free time. Work on weird little projects. Like just because you're working a day job doesn't mean you can't have weird little hobbies that eventually contribute to some greater uh, life raft or some future position somewhere else. Because like I was making weird little videos in my in my free time, which eventually helped me get a job at BuzzFeed.
1: Well, One thing I wanted to, to jump in here, like we we talked a lot about you know when you're at a job when it's when when it's time to leave and all that stuff. But when she, she looks like she's probably on the path to leave how does yeah. she figure out what to do next
0: yeah it's tricky i mean for me i just basically worked a bunch for a year so that i had like a weird little pile of savings not a lot but <laughs> enough to survive a little bit enough to and experiment and figure out right? yeah basically yeah make some mistakes i think it comes with the
1: experimentation and then once you figure something out you pretty much have to double down completely in terms of steps. Cause she asked, what steps can I start to take to figure out what career path is right for me?
2: It's not linear. Like what no. you may want to do for the next year, isn't what you're going to do for the next five years. So it's yeah. going to change from year to year. So don't put too much pressure on finding the one best job. That's going to be the thing that ends you. Uh, you can try different things and just don't put the pressure on yourself that you have to find the perfect job. Cause to be honest, you know, our jobs are amazing not the perfect job it still has its problems yes we love it we tolerate it but um no like do I do I want to work with Shane and Ryan every day most days 99% Mm -hmm. actually no all day all days I'm not gonna lie It's, it's been pretty good but yeah I think it's um I think it's just it's apropos to say that what you're doing next year will be very different from four years from now so just follow the path that you've you know taken And find joy in the little things. Not only you, but it seems like a lot of
1: people put a lot of pressure on themselves to figure out what it is they're going to do the rest of their life and stick to it. Because it feels like a failure to deviate from that or to abandon that idea. When it's really more liberating to, to, like Steven said, just, okay, try something. If you like it, keep doing it. If you don't, change it. I think we grew up with our parents in like a generation that I don't know. I I, I haven't seen the statistics on this, but I think that we grew up watching a generation that really did a job for like 20 years. Like a lot of our parents, I feel like had a job and they stuck to it because like they were our parents. We saw them just doing that one thing. But I imagine if you looked at your parents in like their twenties, they probably were doing a bunch of odd end jobs, trying to figure out what it is, what they wanted to do. Uh, Maybe not. That could be a generational thing, but I do think we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to Make a decision and stick to it because if we don't, we're a failure. And that's not true. Everything's a stepping stone. And hell, yeah, you know, that stone may be a lot more buoyant than you thought. You may be there for the rest of your life, but that's not always the case. And you shouldn't put the pressure on yourself for that to be the case.
0: Also, people, you know, there's like 80 year olds out there who are like, I decided to be a
1: beekeeper.
0: You know, <laughs> you got plenty of time. You're 26, everything's fine.
1: Yeah. And if you do figure out something you're passionate about, Go at it with the, you know, double down on it. Take every class you need, learn everything you possibly can about that, and put your all into it, and that way, no matter what you choose to do, you'll feel fulfilled because you tried your best.
0: And like I said, a meteor could hit Earth tomorrow and wipe us all out. So, look, you know, enjoy your last day of work, if that's what, you know, you never know. <laughs> and there it is. Could be it. There it is. <laughs> you know what? Go pee
2: there on some
1: is. clothes. How about that? Pee on some world clothes. in tomorrow. working in tomorrow. Yeah. Take a poop in your roommate's shoes, laugh at him when... <laughs> He, he puts his shoes on and goes, my foot's
0: warm and wet.
1: <laughs> and <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, I have no
0: comments. You put a lot of mustard on that wet and I didn't like it. Wet. <laughs> 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 All
2: right. Well, it's my turn. So the question I have selected for our podcast today is...
0: Wait, before we do this, can I pee real quick?
2: clothes? Uh, yes. Please. Yes, Please. just mute yourself. No way. Ooh, I'm going
1: to mute you. I can't believe you you peed on your I, I i need to get these questions out okay yeah go for it what brought you to the rage that you had to pee on this person's clothes or was
2: this i, I can't remember i honestly that's that's the problem that's, that's how petty i am is that like that's i did it crazy and i can't even remember why i did it
1: you can't remember the overarching okay maybe not the last straw that broke the camel's back but like what was the mm-hmm. main issue that made no you pee i, on I really side.
2: have no idea
1: you can't remember the overarching issue of what brought your friendship no. to that level? Like it wasn't like, no. oh, they made fun of me a lot or there was a, a disres- they didn't clean, like you know, like there wasn't
2: something uh, I I can't remember. I can't remember to be honest. Is it like a repressed memory? I I have a terrible memory actually. So I know my friend remembers, I'm sure, because Are you still friends with this person? Oh, kind of. Yeah. yeah. I mean like we're we're friends in the sense that like as much as you can be friends after you when you live clothes? far away. No no, no <laughs> okay. we were we were fine after that. We definitely had many talks about it. Um he still makes fun of me for it, like you peed on my clothes and, and it's like the it's like the Trump card like I'll do anything now because I peed on his clothes.
1: That would be a hell of I never have I ever.
2: Uh this question is anonymous from our email. So again you can email us at H O Somebody help me out here.
0: Pod at gmail.com.
2: That's right. And her name is uh, Tiff. Because her name is not Tiff. Tiff. Hi, boys. I, 27, female. I thought you were
0: going to do like a, a lady voice. Oh. <laughs> Hiya, boy. Hi, boys. <laughs> no, I don't want to. Uh, we're
2: taking this seriously. Yeah, thank you. I, 27, female, started seeing a guy that I really hit it off with through a dating app. We went out together four times in just the span of a couple of weeks. Then, as we all know, pandemic started to blow up. We are being responsible with social distancing, and so far, it has only been about two weeks since I last saw him. Also, I should mention that not only is the whole dating during a pandemic totally new, lol, I haven't quote-unquote dated in like eight years. So adding these extra challenges really makes a girl anxious. I feel you, girl. My question is, how do I make this relationship continue in the face of the virus? We hadn't even been seeing each other that long to have added each other's socials. We do still text each other every day, but I'm afraid as more time passes and we don't have any physical in-person interaction, that the initial spark will fizzle out. How can I keep things exciting and fresh when we can't even see each other, let alone go out? We are in Canada and non-essential businesses are closed. Yes, stay inside. Thanks for any help and suggestions... I think I am the perfect person to answer this question, as I have been all along this pack. I think I've learned in this podcast that I am the king <laughs> advice oh, here giver. We go. Uh, and I didn't. I went into it a little bit competitive uh, with because I always want to beat Ryan and everything. Uh, well, you know, advice anyway, is not a competition. It's not. It's not. But I did win. Uh, okay. <laughs> so I've been through uh, a few <laughs> long distance relationships, and that is exactly how I would handle this situation mm. you can just convert social distancing quote unquote to long distance relationship how do those work well they're very tough first of all long distance is very difficult but my number one piece of advice for long distance is something i call the circle of trust oh. and it's not just trusting your partner but it's trusting that they trust you and they trust that you trust them does that make sense to you guys?
0: And trusting that they trust you to trust them that Exactly. Uh, yes.
2: Yes. Trust that goes beyond just trust. It's trusting in the trust. And obviously you've only been out four times <laughs> <Steve> and sounds <laughs> insane. You're like
0: r- you. Think about the trust is you got to trust the trust. <laughs> well, he's not even
2: saying it with that kind of like crazy
1: energy. He's saying it like you're like a relationship Matthew McConaughey. You're like trust is like a trust. It's like a circle. You trust in their trust, and that trust comes back to you. you take taking all
2: their trust, and then you it's take that trust, and you their use trust.
1: it in the form of pee on clothes. Oh,
2: my <laughs> gosh. I am so regretful for bringing that story up. But no, back to this piece of advice. At this point, you can't take it too seriously, or else it will drive you crazy. Every relationship has a natural progression, And sometimes people take things further or or make things bigger than they actually are. So, you know, you're four times in. Great. Continue building the relationship. Continue trusting each other. And if it works out, it works out. If it doesn't, it doesn't work out. And I know, I I understand. It's really tough because there's no physical in-person interaction coming from somebody, me, who first on my love language is physical touch. And so, yes. Isn't, I, is, is it, uh, that's fair. It hard to that's believe? fair. You're the guy no.
0: who every time on Watcher Weekly when Ryan puts his hand on your shoulder, you say, your hand is on my shoulder. Yes, I'm acknowledging Is that how you are in a relationship?
1: In <laughs> many ways, are I can lips. do that. <laughs> you just start naming items in the room. We're sitting by a fire. Your hand is on the wine glass. It's now on my thigh. <laughs> it's like Dr.
2: Manhattan. <laughs> Speaking of, there was another question about awkward awkwardness, and that's how I get through awkwardness. Anyway, so I just want to say, in conclusion, Take things one at a time, trust each other, and don't make it more than it needs to be right now. Mm-hmm. You can hope for the best, but um, your identity does not lie in this other person. Your identity is full in itself. You are an amazing human being, whoever you are, Tiff, whatever you do. the Stephen, job this that could you be have, a
0: serial killer you're talking to, for the record. I agree with what he's saying, though, there. I in don't think our viewers yeah, are no, serial, that, serial killers. I, I, yeah, I, you know, I, I, I do want to chime in and say that if you haven't dated in eight years, that's no big deal. Like, Right. I, I, I always feel bad when people feel like, well, you know, I haven't dated in eight years. I, a vast, vast oceans of my 20s were not spent in relationships. Yeah. I, and not, oh, e- not even dating. Like, I didn't even bother. I was like, no, nah, I don't care. <laughs> so, you know, don't worry
1: about that. The eight years thing, I'm not sure if that means she hasn't actively t- tried to date people in eight years or if she was in a relationship for that long and then got out of the relationship
0: oh interesting which interesting. is
1: how I read it because I myself was in a relationship for six years and then was thrust into the digital age to, you know and I after that relationship ended I was on dating apps and things like that trying to navigate what the hell that world was like hmm. so I if that's the case I do feel a kinship with tiff here um I will say having playing the whole dating game, it's funny Stephen that you said don't take this too seriously but you said to substitute social distancing with long distance when mm-hmm. it's only 4 dates in which feels like crazy mm-hmm. fast at that point to make it seem like a long uh, distance. I, let, let
2: me thing. let me clarify let me clarify. I think there are I I don't know how serious they are, you know, only they know. So that's kind of, I was providing the different varying levels of mm-hmm. seriousness that you could take it.
1: Yeah, cuz most people I will say the common from my experience and talking to people that are also on the dating scene, three dates, four dates, you may or may not even be exclusive at that point. You may still be seeing other people trying to figure things out. So I don't know if that's the case here. I'm going to assume though, that they are somewhat exclusive at this point. I, and this is kind of goes against, I guess me as the pessimist here, but I would say you could really look at this as an opportunity um, to learn a lot about each other. Because a lot of times in relationships, when you get physical And you have, like, like say you have sex earlier than you should, or too early in the relationship, it kind of ruins your ability to really, truly learn who that person is and figure out if they're a match. Uh, So I will say, in this case, you could use this as an opportunity to really get to know this person, and you could really do that by having extensive conversations. And it may actually, in the long run, end up making your relationship stronger. I get what you mean about like the physical touch maybe making the spark fizzle out. But I will say that I think this could actually strengthen your relationship in the long run if you just focus on getting to know this person. And I also really like what Steven said about, you know, uh, your identity is rooted in yourself and a partner can enhance that. That's also something to remember in terms of like not making this a huge thing. But yeah, I do see this as an opportunity to you know, talk on FaceTime with each other. If you guys both have video games, like a Switch or something like that, or Xbox, you could play video games with each other. You could figure out th- hobbies that you guys share that you could both do remotely, like uh, doing a remote yoga class with each other, or uh, remotely painting a picture, things like that. Um, there's still ways to connect without physicality, I think, here.
0: Very sweet. Very sweet, Ryan. Th- th- thanks. Send him a picture of your belly button. That's what I think. Um, Because it's not too forward. Mm. You know, and
1: it's not... Of the orifices, it's not the one that will get you immediately blocked either. I mean, in some cases.
0: Just a little. um, Just a little taste. uh, Truly, uh, you know, you're what? You're two weeks into this. There's a good chance this thing is toast. I would say, you know... Keep writing for a little bit. Treat it like an old-timey letter exchange. You know, if there's some there, it'll keep up. And there's the possibility that then when you start seeing each other in person again, it'll all implode. You never know how these <laughs> things go. Uh, leave it up to the fates. Try your best. And if it's not meant to be, it's not meant to be. But the fact that you even invested two two weeks into this, four dates, that's a pretty good run. You've got it. You, you've, got, you've got what it takes is all I'm saying here. Um, you'll be fine. Just enjoy enjoy this time. Really, it's a unprecedented moment in history. Well, I guess I shouldn't say enjoy it. It's <laughs> it's, it's, it's pretty grim. I will say that Shane uh,
1: going just spouting off that incoherent nonsense that he just spouted uh-huh. will did, it did I bring land me on to another good. It, it did bring me to another point. Of okay, I think the fact that you are writing us about this and it has only been two weeks. Um. Oh no, wait you've seen him four times it's been two weeks since you last saw him uh, you've only, you haven't known him that long and you're they writing out less together about four it
0: four times in the span of a couple weeks
1: that's not too much time but obviously you do care about this person enough to try and make it work that's a good sign I, I would follow that inclination um, obviously as Shane was kind of saying don't put too much stock into it don't try to enforce it but don't see it as a detriment I guess it's, it circles back to what I was saying before but anyways continue Shane
0: yeah, like, you know, it's like give it your all, but be prepared to cut ties and walk away from this thing like someone walking away from a burning building. You know? Holy shit. Don't look back. Mm-hmm. That's why that's all I'm saying. Like if you give it your best, don't obviously don't be like too much here. Mm. You can't it's weird. You don't want to play it too cool, but you don't wanna overdo it. So so just just write fun little letters, FaceTime if you have to see how it's going and if it if it's meant to be it's meant to be. And Let me ask you not, this though.
1: Then, yeah, sure. If you do walk away from them as if they were a burning building as you said. Uh what happens if they're a bridesmaid in a wedding coming up and you're a groomsman in that wedding? <laughs> um what happens then?
0: And you have to see them. Then you then you call them. Okay. And yeah. And you establish that it's not about you guys. Okay, so you would call Very them. Easy. Wait, We've do gone you want to play this. out that call? Yeah, sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I'll i be Tiff. <laughs> okay. You'll and you'll be, be, and you'll I'll be f-
1: Jethro. I'll be Jethro. Yeah, I'll be Jethro. Yeah.
0: Okay. Bring, bring. Oh, my phone's ringing. Boring, What's that? Boring, Hello? Boring. Hello. Hello.
1: <clears throat> Hi, Jeth- I, uh, Hello. Hi, Jethro. I didn't expect to, to, to hear from you. I thought. I thought given the, the, you know, the pandemic, we just we didn't think this was going to work
0: out. I know. Well, we exchanged so many fun letters and um, I got sort of a, I'd say a bit of a cold reaction to my belly button photo. And I didn't. Um, well, as you can tell, I was a little offended by your lack of um, heat uh, on, on, on that one. Mm, yeah, I'm just not very enthusiastic about belly
1: buttons. And it looked like you had well, a little bit of length in a, there. Well,
0: could have used a little tongue emoji and some some water droplets or something. Anything at all, really.
1: I think that would actually made the situation worse. But um, Okay. Yeah.
0: Well, agree to disagree. Agree to disagree. Okay, well, As you know, we are going to this wedding. We have mutual friends.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Um, I wouldn't expect this out of you because you're a pretty reasonable person. But I'm telling you that I promise to be civil to you and i want you to to know there's going to be no trouble from me it's not about us it's about them you know what i really appreciate
1: you saying that to me and uh i thank you for calling me that's that's actually that's
0: really heartfelt i i appreciate that check your uh check your phone i just sent you another photo check it out
1: belly again huh that you is your Look be- closer
0: Wait. look closer
1: Okay. Um. You know what? If just uh, I actually I think I'm feeling a little uh, feeling a little uneasy about seeing you at the wedding. Now I think it'd be all best right. if we kept our distance. Okay. Um, Look, you and all I your holes. You know,
0: had to shoot my shot. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I've hung up. And seen. So that That's went good. a lot better. That went a lot better than the other situation. I think. What mm-hmm. did, did you did see? Seeing? What I did that time? I changed it, and we may have stumbled upon the the key there to saying, I know you're going to be acting responsibly. I want you to know. You're not going to get any trouble out of me. Mm, mm. Yeah.
1: Is that the way to do it?
0: Do you agree with that? (laughs) I think going back to Tiff, fine.
1: (laughs) (laughs) If you just follow your, uh, I guess it sounds corny, but if you just follow what your heart's telling you to do and be honest, it should work out.
2: Um, Yes. I agree with that wholeheartedly. You know what? I I agree with that too. How you
0: feel. And just prepare yourself for disappointment just in case. That's
1: true, but I will say that like, if you tell this person, look, I know this pandemic's try, you know, creating a situation where we can't see each other, but the fact of the matter is I really enjoy spending time with you. I can't spend time with you now because of the given circumstances, but I would like to keep getting to know you via FaceTime. Uh, here's some, some activities I think we could do. Um, if you don't want to continue, I totally understand, but I would like to keep building on the relationship, and I think we could emerge
0: out of this stronger. That's great. Don't say I wish we could like emerge out of this stronger because it's been two weeks and that sounds... That's true. That, might, that <laughs> but, might make them seem like
1: you're an insane person. Yeah, you're right.
0: But uh, do mind worst, that at all. The worst possible outcome here is that this f- falls apart mm-hmm, and yeah. he is your long lost love. And then when you're 95 years old on your deathbed, you yeah. can tell your grandchildren, I once loved a man named Jethro, but the plague kept us apart. And that's wonderful. Wow. And that's then, good.
1: And then you hear, then you hear wheels rolling down the hallway oh. and you start to hear, I love you too. And it turns out <gasps> Jethro is in the same nursing home as you. He had no idea this was the case, but he overheard your story because he still has remarkably good hearing for his age. He yeah. rolls into the room. What if, does he
0: have? Can he have one of those funny little like uh, those little uh, IV bags you know, when they put a little ear trumpet in to hear better?
1: Oh yeah, he has one of those. Yeah, he walks in. Yeah, like Fozzie goes,
0: wig and a Muppet Christmas Carol.
1: And he goes, "Dear, uh, is that is that you? Is is it really you?" And
0: and then and then you guys just start making out, and you and then die. you just and then you just start boning until you die.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and, you know that's Literally even looks You'll horrified. Be boned. Right?
2: <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, I I understand that humor can also help you get through this so uh wasn't gonna interrupt what was happening there but so you're welcome here's some good information for you communicate trust and communicate some more okay i think we got a good answer there uh even with the story at the end and we'll i it all back to the beginning
0: well i'd say between the three of us we suitably answered all three of those questions
1: yeah, and we definitely didn't run long or engage in silly tangents that uh, otherwise distracted from our purpose here. And we learned something truly horrifying about Stephen Lim. That's true. That's we right. learned that That's uh, right. he that, used that I his friend's clothes of, as a toilet.
2: Of, uh, no, I'm the king of uh, plugging podcasts, so please subscribe to this podcast right now. Click on that subscribe button wherever you listen to your podcast, and also subscribe to my other podcast, Hidden Narratives, as well as the channel that uh, uh, YouTube.com slash Watcher, everywhere you can. Uh, I, don't know. I don't know. I just wanted to get away from the peeing conversation because I knew that was coming.
0: Yeah. Also, apparently, it's good to rate podcasts five stars. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So if you could rate us five stars, that would be great. Unless you truly thought this was a four star experience, in which case, yeah, we get it. But frankly, still I rated five. A help five us out. Star showing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: All right. Well, that concludes the first Watcher. Here's what you do podcast. Thank you to all three people who sent in their questions. Uh, to us three numbskulls. schools i hope you got the answers that you were looking for and if you want to submit questions for the next episode of here's what you do please submit your questions to our patreon if you're part of our patreon community at patreon.com watcher or if you would like to submit questions under the guise of anonymity please send your questions to hwidpod at gmail.com and we'll be sure to answer those in the next episode and as always if you want to be anonymous, Say so. Um, All right. We'll see you next week, everybody. Hopefully. Bye.